All right, everybody, welcome to episode four of That Dynasty Podcast, where we walk you through a season inside the minds of two dynasty fantasy football managers. I'm your host, Matthew, and alongside my co-host, Isaiah, we want to welcome you into week four of the 2022 NFL season. I only have one thought before we get into everything. What is happening? Dude, this week felt crazy. I don't know. How do you feel about it? Yeah, dude, wild week. Um, some pretty great performances, but a lot of last luck or uh, lackluster. Um, not a hot week for our Patriots, but uh, we move. So, yeah, can't say we didn't see that one coming, unfortunately. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, it just felt super, super weird. Like the people you expected to perform in fantasy just did not. Um, the wide receivers that you know you were going to count on just were absolute stinkers. So, I don't know. It was weird. I haven't had seen a week this weird in a while. But uh, before we get into anything else this week, I did want to give you guys just a quick plug. Go follow us on Twitter at that dynasty pod uh, or on YouTube, Apple and Spotify podcasts as that dynasty podcast just to stay up to date with the latest content all season long. Also, we are super pumped to announce that we are on TikTok now as well. We're going to have some custom content going up on TikTok over there. So you can go ahead and follow us at that Dynasty Pod. And uh, for the TikTok content, we actually enlisted a fellow Dynasty man- manager, Brian, aka It's Peeps, to help that content. And you'll see him on there. So um, that being said, I'm going to move kind of through an outline of the show today. We're not going to actually go over any waiver moves, ads, or drops this week because there wasn't anything of significance. I'll touch base on some league updates real quick. We'll start off with our bops and flops of the week. Then we're going to go into talking about uh, some of the pretty you know, groundbreaking trades that are going on this week. We do have a special guest joining us for that segment. We'll close it out going over our predictions and talking about the uh, matchups coming up this week. So... I'll go ahead and kick us off going over some of the league updates here. So we had a couple of name changes that took place and we'll touch base on some of why uh, these name changes went on a little bit later on, but Darius went through a name change this week from school scold school to trash bench assassins. Uh, Trevor formerly known as school squad is now clown grades and trades. And every day I'm rustling change their name to Saquon D's nuts. So um, absolutely, you know, appreciative of the names and some of these will make more sense as the rest of the show goes on. I think uh, not to do any bit of a spoiler, but I think Darius is going through a little bit of a midlife crisis with the name change and a whole roster change at this point. So no, Darius, when you talk to anyone, just let us know. We're here for you, buddy. Yeah, I think there's a support line you can you can call. It's it's called the sleeper group chat. So uh, definitely let us know if you need something. Or, or pick a better football team to follow than the Vikings, but I digress. That's true. That definitely doesn't help your mental health this time of year when um, every single time Kirk Cousins throws the ball, you uh, you know just hoping something horrible doesn't happen. Um, that being said, that leads us right into our bops and flops from week three. Uh, we decided to each uh, do three bops, three flops, so uh, we can actually make sure that uh, we are condensing our segments a little bit. Because to be honest with you guys, we're trying to feel out the show a little bit and uh, got some 
you know, test runs in there last couple episodes and just want to make sure that we're being as concise as possible for you guys and get you guys the content that you actually are looking for. So we'll start off with our uh, top three flops of the week. Isaiah, lead us into uh, who, who was disappointing this week here. Yeah, man. Number three, you got Tyreek Hill. Um, yeah, dude, a little bit of a coming back to Earth week for Tyreek. He had, you know, 190 yards, touchdowns, you know, the week prior. And then, yeah, I decided this week, you know, I'm going to relax a little bit, maybe a little less cardio. And, yeah, two catches, 33 yards. And that was I was against the pretty um, depleted Bills secondary, which I was pretty shocked about how they kind of went for Miami. I know they won, but uh, I was kind of expecting two to throw all over him with Micah Hyde being out and some of the other injuries. But, um, yeah, pretty – Pretty much of a pretty big flop performance for him. I expect a big uh, bounce back game against the Bengals, but pretty shocked by that. Um, number two, speaking of uh, receivers that let us down, um, and as our guest this week will tell us, uh, Justin Jefferson, dude. I went on the podcast last week and I was like, dude, I'm never gonna uh, pick against this team. This dude is the you know the best thing since you know manna from heaven. What did he do? He had three receptions for a whole 14 yards this week. Um, I will say in his defense, what's that? Is that, is that good? Uh, no, it's not good. Um, it would have been good for Michael Gallup this week um, for you, but it wouldn't have been good for – actually, no, I would have taken that for Albert O, to be honest. Um, but, no, not ideal. I will say in his defense, he was a like double uh, coverage all game, and that did lead to, you know, a better feeling game with the touchdown and – uh, the better yardage and stuff, but um, yeah, it was slow week for Justin Jefferson. If you know, if Terrell is down to sell uh, low or sell high, regardless on Justin Jefferson, uh, give me a call, man. Uh, we can probably work something out. But, uh, I doubt he'll want that. And then, uh, number one, dude, Daryl Henderson, baby. After a week one, in which you know, Daryl Henderson's snap percentage was 82%, his snaps have become less and less and less. And with less snaps, what does that mean? Less production, baby. And, uh, you know, with half the snaps, he mustered four carries for 17 yards. And, you know, I'm not sure if he said, a, you know, an insult to Matthew Stafford. He just wasn't liking him this week or what. But, yeah, dude, zero receptions out of – from what we saw the first two weeks, he was pretty involved in the passing game. And um, feeling a little bit better about my uh, acres investment right about now. The snapper percentage is going up, and uh, he actually produced last week. So, yeah, man, those was my uh, flops for the week. So, to hear your bops. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, I'll just touch base. The one that hits home the most for me there was uh, Tyree Kill because as my team is named after him, and uh, he, you know, uh, flopped this week, I uh, sadly took home the, uh, a loss that we both predicted would not happen. So definitely a little bit disappointed on the down week there. We'll get into more of that in a little bit, but um, I also felt the Justin Jefferson hit because I was uh, using him in a lot of my DFS DraftKings lineups this week. And uh, yeah, it was not good uh, when he put up, you know, three receptions for 14 yards. So that being said, I'd love to move into the people that we actually were happy about and uh, were successful um, this week. So uh, coming in at number three, the first person I wanted to talk about was um, quarterback Lamar Jackson. Now, I know I talked about him last week. He was a bop last week as well. This is back-to-back weeks now, but this is back-to-back weeks in fantasy that he's put up 40 points roughly. 
And this week it was, he attempted uh, 29 pass attempts. He had 18 completions through for four touchdowns to only 218 yards, which is super interesting, but you combine that with 11 attempts on the ground for 107 yards and one touchdown. It's absolutely a stellar week back to back now, just proving how dominant he is. But let me put this into perspective. Okay. Lamar leads the NFL in passing touchdowns, which is 10. He's also tied for fifth in rushing yards in the NFL. He's tied for fifth with Christian McCaffrey. So he's a top five running back from, from a rushing yards perspective with tied with Christian McCaffrey and he leads the NFL in passing touchdowns. He's also number one in the league in yards per carry. Okay. So he's the best running back in the league by yards per carry metric. He has 9.3 per carry. The next closest running back is actually DeAndre Swift at 8.6 yards per carry. So he's almost an extra yard per carry more than the next, the, you know, the next closest running back. He has more rushing touchdowns this year than Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook, DeAndre Swift, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Zeke, James Conner, and Aaron Jones. He also is the number two rated quarterback behind Tua in the entire league. And that's above Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes from a QBR. Um, so just absolutely a machine. It's starting to look like a steal in the draft this year. Um, and to give some perspective, right? Cause everyone's going to say, oh, like, oh, he's having another MVP season. Honestly, in 2019, the year that Lamar was MVP, he averaged 27.1 fantasy points per game. This year, he's averaging 33.8 fantasy points per game, almost five points per game higher than he was in his MVP season. Not much more I got to say about that. So, yeah, and just a uh, real quick screw you for uh, bringing up all of my running backs when comparing rushing touchdowns to Lamar Jackson. <laughs> man, all I can say is the man performs, okay? Um, so my number two bop of the week is Devonta Smith, uh, wide receiver for the Eagles. Now, the Eagles just look fantastic, and he put up 30.9 points this week. And that's absolutely just a massive breakout week for him. Um, he was targeted 12 times. He had eight receptions, put up 169 yards and a touchdown. And uh, some interesting stats on this is that Smith has actually out-targeted A.J. Brown now over the last two weeks and has seen his targets go from four in week one to seven in week two, up to 12 now in week three. And the Eagles have seemed to figure out that the formula for success in these blowout wins is passing the ball. And I know, you know, at the end of the day, Smith is not going to be dependable every single game. This shows how high he can fly in the right game script. So super excited for this breakout week from Smith. All right. And my number one breakout uh, bop here of the week is Khalil Herbert. And uh, Khalil Herbert put up 30.9 points. And so you might be like, some of these other guys put up more points than that. Why is he the number one breakout bop of the, of the week? But the reason why we're talking about him is because he put up 30.9 points in just three quarters of work in this game. Uh, he came in after David Montgomery injured himself uh, going into the second quarter. And in three quarters, he had 20 attempts to rush the ball, put up 157 yards and two touchdowns. Now, obviously, we don't like to see anybody get injured, especially a stud like David Montgomery, but Herbert capitalized on the opportunity and had this backfield all to himself. He's proving once again why he is one of the best backups to, to roster in fantasy football. And with Monty's injury looming, 
and at least two easy matchups ahead for the Bears. And that's, you know, they're facing the Giants, they're facing the Vikings. He should be a must start if Monty misses any time. Yeah. And, and like even not even talking about his fantasy value, uh, the Bears don't win that game without that great performance from Harvard anyway. So, dude, definitely, definitely deserving the, the bomb spot for sure. Absolutely. All right. Well, for the next section of the show, we're going to talk about some trades that went down over the past seven days since we have recorded the last That Dynasty podcast. And our commissioner, let me tell you, was busy this week trying to set himself up to win now. And we actually have a very special guest joining us for this segment, as he was involved in one of the most controversial trades that went down this week. Uh, so please welcome to the podcast, Terrell, a.k.a. Tipodomo, a.k.a. Big Cheese Fire. Welcome well, aboard. I'd like to start, start off by uh, uh, just, you know, thanking the support of my Big Cheese Fire Nation uh, during this rough time. <laughs> uh, mistakes were made uh, at, team, at times it seemed a little bit harmless. But now I know uh, the impact of my choices that have been made. Now nah, I'm just kidding. I don't have to do this. I'm not Deshaun Watson. Um, what we're going to do here is we're going to kind of break down why I made that trade. Um, it wasn't uh, at the time. I think it was early in the morning, if I remember correctly, like 6 a.m. early. But uh, yeah, in, in my head at the time, I thought it was a really good idea. Um, I can't remember who I exactly was talking to. Uh, there were a few trade offers that had been made. Uh, I think it was with Buster, if I remember correctly, yeah. um, who had talked about my team being older and more of a like, hey, these guys were good. They're still good, but they don't have longevity and um, looking for a little bit of youth. Um, so I took a little bit of a dive into my team on that and uh, realized that that was the case. Um, so I started you know, fielding a few different offers. Um, I saw that Darius had wanted a few different people. I know he wanted Jamal Williams, which I know he's, people are on the hype train for him right now, but I liked him even when he was a Packer. Uh, just overall great guy in general. Good yep. player right now. I mean, he's popping off for the Detroit Lions. Um, arguably, for now, better than Swift. He's, I mean, he's, in my opinion, eh, Maybe a hot take on that too, but he's he's rolling right now. Um, so I was like, I'm probably not going to trade him, um, just because he's got some upside to him if he continues on this this trend. Um, but with that, uh, he brought this trade of Allen for Brown, and I looked at Brown really quick. Kind of saw that um, via kind of ESPN, he was ranked 26th in the position where Keenan Allen most likely because he's been injured most of the first part of this season so far, um, ranked at 91, uh, kind of looked at a little bit of his stats, realizing you get towards that nine-year mark, you start to decline, um, and then you eventually end up like Randall Cobb, bouncing from team to team, just <laughs> getting catches when you can, um, and then eventually going back to your home team and retiring. Um, so that's kind of the trend that I'm seeing with Allen that will more than likely be happening here in the next two years. He also just turned the big three zero. So, I mean, you have a 25 year old to 32 year old window, um, to kind of go through and some, some transcend that, but it's pretty rare. Once you start getting those injuries, especially with the hamstring, anything with the knee, those things tend to linger and you're going to start seeing less and less full seasons. 
So I decided he might be one of the guys that everybody's high on that. Honestly, I'm not really, I mean, he's, I think he's averaged about six to eight or in that seven range of touchdowns per season. But I can see somebody coming in like Brown at the time, obviously, um, possibly on an upswing, understanding that they do have some injuries on the Cowboys right now where he is seeing an uptick in uh, targets and that when those guys come back, uh, more specifically Gallup and Schultz, possibly getting a majority of the uh, reception or targets more so that we would kind of see his decline more so but the off chance that with uh um, i'll be honest i can't remember who's that quarterback for that team right now some what's his name for the cowboys yeah cooper rush cooper rush (laughs) (laughs) a name that strikes fear into the hearts of many (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um exactly a super awesome name very forgettable um but for those, I mean, in my opinion, for those young guys, having somebody that you can depend on, continue on, even if you do have some of those big names come back, you're still not maybe going to have that kind of flow with them just yet. So hoping that he rides out another two weeks and gets a little bit more comfortable with him. Um, if not, I do see he has possible upsides in the future, um, being this uh, first or pretty new to the league. So uh, that was my mindset at the time. Um, obviously, I don't regret the trade. What I do regret is not asking more for him. Um, it's probably going to be the biggest portion of that trade that I wish I would have done, essentially. So that's that's the trade, the most controversial trade of our, I would say, season so far. I think I, everybody I, just went to town. I, I would argue <laughs> our lifetime. Of our lifetime? I don't know. <laughs> I saw somebody try to trade Brown for Garoppolo. So um, that is even worse. So I'll, I'll take my lumps, um, come on here and uh, explain that side of it in a little bit more detail, which actually sounds a lot more smarter than, than it actually was in the beginning. <laughs> a lot more thought was put on into it now, but we'll, uh, we'll kind of uh, go with the rest of the intelligence that I had um, with uh, some of these parts to that trade. So. No, I, I appreciate the the background, you know, going into it a little bit there and, and you know, the thought process behind it, because uh, right off the bat, you know, and, and I'll, I'll reiterate, I know I have a screenshot down at the bottom here for anyone watching on YouTube, but um, it was Keenan Allen um, accepted for Noah Brown from the Cowboys, the wide receiver, uh, straight up uh, one for one trade. Um, Noah Brown is 26 years old. He's got a couple years experience in the league now. Um, looks like, uh, according to Sleeper, he's got five years experience in the league. But this is the first year that he's really uh, seen any sort of work. I think last year he had one game with nine targets, and that was about uh, the extent of that. Um, I think his his career high before that was maybe like one game where he saw six targets, and he was more of a practice squad person before that. So this is the first time. He's actually been given an opportunity to perform. He's been seeing an average of, you know, around uh, seven targets a game right now. So from an opportunity perspective, you know, like you were mentioning, Terrell, like that's that's a really big opportunity and an offense that's going to have to be passing the ball. And right now you're not getting really anything out of Keenan Allen. Um, and so trying to capitalize on someone while they're while they still have some value, uh, I can definitely yeah. understand, you know, the reasoning behind it. I do have, I do agree with you though. Like 
I think Darius would have paid a lot more for Keenan Allen than, yeah. than that. I think he offered it as like a low ball offer and, uh, and then definitely could have get gotten more out of that. Um, yeah. I'll throw out a couple of values for you that I, that I ran on online here. Um, so fantasy pros, uh, one of the websites that I like to use for a value, um, kind of a, a, an evaluator, they take like a lot of people who rank fantasy people in the industry, fantasy players, and they'll actually just compile all of their rankings together for like an average. And then they give you kind of an expert consensus ranking. So for dynasty, um, Keenan Allen is actually the pretty much the consensus wide receiver 31, um, in dynasty and, um, Brown is right now the consensus wide receiver 136. Um, the value for Allen in, is, is a trade value is like, at like 29 is what they assigned it as a value. Um, whereas Brown is, has the value of, of one. Um, and, uh, and so I was like, man, what a swing for the fences. Cause like, really, you could have probably asked for someone like Hollywood Brown, uh, Deandre Hopkins, Amari Cooper, um, you know, uh, Brandon Ayuk, uh, and those would have been guys more like similarly valued, I guess. So, yeah. um, I, I do respect the swing for the fences though. Cause he could definitely pay off in, in a big way, or, or it could be a big swing and a miss, but you know, those chances. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think that it's, it's one of those trades for me, like he's been on my bench a, and he probably will continue to be on my bench um, or would have been on my bench um, until he showed me something essentially like pokey with a stick, do something. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I, I think probably that, like I said, that's probably the biggest regret that I have with it is not trying to see if I could get something more for him. But other than that, yeah, I'll, I'll stick by it. Well, I'll take my rocks. See if see if something pops off. I, I'm I'm banking on him getting re-injured. I'll be honest. I just have this like little intuition that he's just gonna not come back a as he used to be, and that hamstring is gonna be one of those things where it's like, oh, he had one great catch. Okay, he had a touchdown, and he's nursing that hamstring again, or it'll turn into a compensation injury where you now have a knee injury or the other hamstring or a quad. Is, so. is there any way to confirm that you were not on the Chargers medical staff at all? Yeah. No, there, uh, there is no way to confirm that. <laughs> um, I'll take a shot at Darius, though. I love Darius. Dude had the biggest heart when I um, from when I went to school with him and everything. Love him to death. But, dude, I was so heated when he put that on on our group chat i was like bro you putting me on blast with the with the screenshot of my dm i was like bro uh it's kind of become a uh a common thread in this league people are not scared or scared to share uh dm posts and screenshots so that's that's what this no. has become yep that's right no. hide your messages folks hide your messages folks nobody's safe out there nobody yeah, not with safe. angie and darius running around <laughs> so uh, while you're here, do you mind uh, kind of hearing uh, our discussions around the next couple of trades that went down and, you know, providing your thoughts and your way in as well? Absolutely. I was looking into those this weekend, as you had mentioned earlier on, Darius has been a very busy, busy guy. <laughs> he really has. So I think that uh, we'll, we'll kind of move on. I think we've kind of talked about your guys's move uh, quite a bit. Um, I, I just loved that. You know, the last thing I'll say on that trade before we move on is like the, the uproar in the chat. It was like like people threatening to quit the league because of how bad the trade was. Right. We had 
we had people change their their names on their teams because of this trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was it was it was pretty epic. So uh, thank you for the entertainment uh, at the very least. Absolutely. And I'll I'll throw my two cents here. Obviously, um, when it comes to trades, it's not so much. I try not to make it about like, do I like this player? Or do I like that player? It really comes down to value. And you hit it on the head. Like, you're obviously trying to get younger. You are a little bit bigger of a believer than Noah, Noah Brown than most, which is fine. Like, dude, stick to your guts, whatever. But yeah, it's just it's just the value at the end of the day. You know, like, oh, I probably could have got a first yeah. or someone of Tony Pollard or Michael Thomas value, but. I mean, you know, you live and you learn. I, I was, and, I know personally, what's that? Oh, Angie would not get rid of Tony Pollard. She is, uh, oh, yeah. we had, we had a conversation about that. My brother's name is Tony Pollard. So that was kind of a, a funny thing. I was like, Hey, going to hook me up with that Tony Pollard's, you know, since he's family level. Um, but she was, she's got a sweet spot for him. Yeah. yeah. That's, that is true. I'm ready to move on to the next trade, Maddie. If you're ready, love it. All right, cool, man. Um, so the first trade that, in chronological order, this is actually the first trade that went down this week, and it led into the second trade because it's one of the pieces moved around. But Darius, uh, traded and uh, gave away. Uh, we who ended up being uh, we just talked about him in the in the last segment, one of our uh, our breakout uh, bops of the week here. Um, but uh, he traded away Devonte Smith to Aaron Rodgers on shrooms and received Michael Carter in a 23 second um, in return for him. So I'll talk to you guys a little bit about the value here um, from what we're seeing um, from a value. This actually seems to be fairly even um, on according to fantasy pros, the trade value for Michael Carter is 17, whereas a 23 second round pick is valued about 19. So together that's a little under 40, uh, you know, points in value. And Devonta Smith is the 54th ranked overall player in dynasty valued at 40. So um, Devonta Smith, technically the higher value, Michael Carter getting a lot of use this, this year. And you also have the, the shot in the dark at the 23 second uh, to kind of make out the even evenness of that trade. So um, Isaiah, what are you, what are your thoughts on, uh, on this trade? Yeah. Shout out to Andy. He finally made a trade that he didn't get destroyed in. So I love that. I love that for him. <laughs> No, nah, just, just playing Andy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like, I like this trade for Andy a lot. I think he got the best player in the deal. Um, I think Smith is only going to get better. He's playing with a quarterback who continues to prove. He's also got another really good receiver there, and A.J. Brown, who also take, makes it a little bit easier for him. Um, definitely looking at him as a, you know, a WR2 moving forward. Um, I think with Carter, I think Hall is going to continue to get more and more reps. Obviously, obviously, he's a rookie. Carter's getting a lot of uses this year. He's playing great. Um, but you know, on the other hand, it makes sense for Darius too. We've talked about Darius's rosters, roster in the week past, and it's very top heavy. He's got like zero depth. Um, so obviously, you know, he felt like he wanted to get like another running back in there. And um, because his team is still so stacked, um, he was able to get a second for it as well. And um, he has like zero draft picks, if I remember correctly, the next two years because he traded them all away. So. I like it for both teams, but I think Andy got the better player. And uh, Devontae Smith is his second year. So, yeah, I got I think Andy did really well for himself. Yeah, absolutely. I think that when it comes to, you know, the value that he's providing, um, you know, it's an even value. I think Smith himself is the better player in the, in the deal, like you said. But from a value perspective, it makes sense, um, you know, for what Darius is trying to do. And we'll talk about what that 23 second ended up uh, 
getting him in the next trade that we go over. Um, but uh, Terrell, what, what are your thoughts on on that first trade that went down? I was I was in agreement to that. I think the um, getting Smith on that definitely gave him a little bit more of the edge on the trade. Um, he's on a hot Eagles team right now, and they're they're flying, they're flying. It's it's I don't know. Just kind of watching them. I'm waiting for them just to kind of like you know fall off the edge. Um, yeah, agreed. But right now they're they're hot. I mean. They gave the Vikings a, a run for their money last week, and actually, they just kind of whooped them. Actually, if I'm really honest <laughs> with that. Um, but with Smith being in there, he's he's continually getting better. And uh, oh, my screen just went dead. There we go. Um, but yeah, if he can sustain that kind of upward progression, I, I think it'll work out better for him than than the opposite way around, where Carter is a little bit a little on the older side between the two and having that that second round pick could could come into play depending on who ends up taking or what what's available um but i would i would definitely agree saying that smith is the top side of that one but pretty close pretty even for sure and i think that when we talked about darius you know needing some depth um and you know picking up Carter and then the second, well, he ended up turning around and taking that second and trading that over to, uh, to Angie's team table humping trash and getting Daryl Henderson back, um, you know, in return for that. So basically what he ended up doing is turning, you know, Devonte Smith into Michael Carter and Daryl Henderson. And for someone who lacked RB depth, um, like, you know, Darius did, I think it was a really a solid move to solidify it. That's funny because Isaiah, you were just talking about, um, you said, you know, oh yeah, he, he bumped up, uh, this second round pick cause he didn't have any draft picks, but it's kind of funny. He turned, he turned right around and said, nope, be gone with me. Draft picks uh, out of my sight. Actually, I think you might be allergic to draft picks. I'm not sure. Um, the Darius is like the Rams organization. Just you no know, screw all future picks. We're talking about this year, baby. I respect, I respect him, man. Respect it for sure. And you gotta, you gotta pay big money to win, but, um, so yeah, Daryl Henderson for the 23 second. I mean, we already talked about the value of that second being um, on Dynasty Pro. Uh, uh, sorry, not Dynasty Pros, Fantasy Pros, about valued about 19. Um, Henderson being a backup running back, a little bit older, um, on a split timeshare. His value in Dynasty is about a seven. Um, so from a pick perspective, it seems like Angie really made out uh, for the best here, but obviously you run the risk with it being a second round pick is it's a little bit more of a shot in the dark than a first round pick is. And you of course run the risk of uh, drafting an absolute dud. Um, and that's kind of one of the the chances you have to take. So what are your thoughts on this one uh, here, Drell? Um, I mean, having Henderson in, in his uh, lineup as depth, he's been averaging about 10 to 12 anywhere in between there. Um, except for last week, but apparently last week is just complete trash for everyone that should be going. Um, but I mean, JJ just tanked the last two weeks, which has been kind of frustrating for me being like my golden child that I can't get rid of, but <laughs> like not doing anything. Um, but you can't take him out of your starting lineup because when he goes off, he's, he's going to go off. I still um, have, uh, still have PTSD from week one when, Jefferson went off and I was against you, dude. I was so buttered. <laughs> yeah, my one sole victory right now. <laughs> Think about that one. Um, the one guy that made the worst trade beat you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, yeah, he's 
he only saw four touches and a target that wasn't even caught in that last game. So, I mean, when he's getting the amount of touches that he should be, he's scoring, he's getting yards, um, and he's got still some some worth in him. Um, but you do have that trade, and I think Angie's really trying to see what she can get next year. I know there there was a there was talk of uh, tanking for a while, um, but I don't I don't know I wouldn't tank in this type of a league in the first place because that's just stupid. But um, that's essentially that trade for me. I kind of like basic overview of it, looking at it like that. You got somebody who wants to look to next year, get some get a trade. Somebody who wants to get a little bit depth in their running back got a running back yeah yeah like, like i was talking about before we were talking about your noah brown trade um value wise you know angie did well for herself henderson has gotten less and less touches um i mean i'll be biased because i bought low on acres or anything it has nothing to do with that but uh <laughs> um no I, I like it for both angie did well but like we said darius we knew what his game plan going into this was we talked about it last week zero depth. He's like, you know what? You know, I'll take Devontae Smith in a second and I'll turn him into two running backs that I can throw my flex RB pretty much any time throughout the season. And you're guaranteed a pretty uh, decent floor with him. I mean, you don't know what the ceiling is like with, you know, Henderson and um, Carter, but I like her both of them. And he did, and she did well. Um, she's obviously focused on next year. So. Yeah. And I think she sold high too, because if she had tried to sell them after this last week's performance of four touches, I think it would have been a much harder sell for that. So Darius bought in a little bit on the on the high of of seeming like maybe acres you, know, going down and stuff like which, that. Which which Rams running back got most of the touches? I, I can't recall. I think it. I think its name rhymes with uh, Sam Schmakers. <laughs> uh, very smart uh, buying low on him. So uh, overall grade here on Darius's moves over the past week, I think it really solidifies him uh, to make a run at a championship this year, gives him some much needed depth. And I think, you know, I like a lot of the, uh, of the other sides as well. Um, you know, I think it makes sense in, in most of the cases for both parties. Um, but, uh, you know, Terrell, thank you so much for coming on and being our, just sec our second guest here on that dynasty podcast. Uh, we're stoked that you can come on and kind of talk a little bit about fantasy football with us and your team. And of course, defend yourself for that God awful trade. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. uh, but thanks man. And hopefully we can have you back on the show sometime later on in the season. Sounds good. Hopefully we'll have some more wins associated with that and not as many blunders at trade. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. As long as the wins are, you know, not against us, we're cool. With that. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. I got a hit list. We'll see. <laughs> well, thanks again for hopping on. We certainly appreciate it. No problem. You guys have a good one. Thanks. All right. See you, man. Bye. See you. Bye-bye. All right. So let's take a look at last week's predictions and see how we did. Oh, well, would you look at this? Oh, how the turntables. Isaiah, looks like you uh, you might have done something sneaky here and pulled out a little uh, little victory, maybe? Pulled yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's two weeks in a row, um, so it's just kind of just a trend. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's whatever. Just, you know, kind of lead. 
Well, uh, last week, um, we both made our predictions on who we thought was going to win the matchups. Um, I ended up going three and three on the predictions. So batting 500 on the year so far still. Um, and Isaiah actually went four and two with his predictions uh, for a total now of 10 and eight on the year. So just absolutely taking a two game lead on me in the standings here. Um, hmm. You're going to have to make up for that, I think, this week with some of these uh, some of these predictions. Yeah, well, the good thing is as a Patriots fan this year, this will be the only two-game lead I see. <laughs> Any sort of lead I experience at all this year will be um, in this format. So, you know, I'm going to try to take the dubs when I can get them. Yeah, well, um, I'm with you there. So we'll start off with the first matchup of the week, um, which was Chris Rock's jaw versus the love boat incident. And uh, we actually both were correct in, in guessing that you would win this matchup. And uh, let me tell you, you didn't make it easy on us. Um, yeah. You know, you won 107.18 versus 104.88. So you won by uh, less than three points. Uh, so pretty narrow of a victory right there. And, um, you know, you sneak, you snuck one out, but like, I'll be honest with you, I lost this week and I would have beaten both of you. So, you know, it's just, yeah, I'm, I'm honestly going to change my team's name at this point. Just, just the underperformers. Cause like I've stated, I love my roster, but this year it's just, I mean, yeah, it's great. I won, but 107 when I was projected like 130, it's just a week after week, just Got the, I got the, I got the victory. So that's all that matters, I guess. The end of the day, you you got the, you got the W there. You finally broke that winless streak and it's all, you know, it's only uphill from here. So um, yes, we both were correct in that, in that matchup there. Um, the next matchup was uh, let's see here. Big cheese fire. Our guest Terrell versus Tommy Rees, Tommy Lee's raging dongers here, Dan Sullivan. <laughs> so uh, Dan, uh, Tommy Rees, Tommy Lee's raging dongers actually came out of nowhere and just absolutely creamed Terrell this, this week. And, uh, he, he beat him and with a solid 121 and, uh, 0.4 to 108.04. And we actually, um, we, we both thought that, uh, big cheese fire was going to pull it out, pull out the victory. Um, but unfortunately they did lose. And now that brings team, uh, Topodomos, uh, record two one and two on the year so Terrell is only only up from here man Justin Jefferson not gonna have games like that every week um then we have uh the trash bench assassins versus clown grades and trades and we both actually had trash bench assassins taking this one um but we had them uh we had them pretty much taking this one pretty easily um but uh you know, Trevor put up a fight and uh, his team came out and showed up and performed better than both of our teams. Um, it was actually one of the closest matchups from a high scoring perspective um, of the week because every other matchup, it was like a victory about like 20 points or something like that, or it was low scoring, kind of like um, Isaiah, your matchup. This, this matchup was actually 138.5 to 127.3. So both of them um, would have uh, put up either winning or, or very close to winning numbers against any other matchup, this league, very competitive point scoring for them. And um, Derek, I'd like to add about uh, Trevor's roster. Um, yeah. Like you said, really outperformance projections and um, going to this year, we talked about in an earlier podcast. I 
you know, I'm not really a big fan of his roster for what he's doing for this year. But I'll say as the weeks go by, um, the roster that he has is actually it looks better and better. Um, for a while, it's kind of like, you know, whoever goes against Trevor is probably going to win. And, um, you know, he made some really good – some good picks. I don't love what his running backs are, but he's got some really good value and you know, some of his receivers, uh, like Marquise Brown. Um, and who, who, who else does he have as one of his receivers? Let's see if they – Deontay, Deontay Johnson, Rashad Bateman, Romeo Dubs. Right. Hunter Renfro's out, but he's there on the bench. Yeah. I like Johnson and Marquise. I really like what Marquise has shown this year um, with Kyler's number one. But I'll let you continue. Just shout out to uh, – that was my Trevor plug there. Daily – daily uh, my weekly Trevor plug. Yeah. And I'm hoping that we see more of Singletary like we saw this week. I mean, Singletary put up almost 25 points, uh, helped keep Trevor in that game. Marquise Brown, 28 points. Conklin, 20 points. Romeo Dubs, 20 points. So just some really good starts, uh, start sit decisions. And we'll talk a little bit about this um, a little bit later on, um, you know, maybe like some, some MVP or bench MVPs. Um, but ultimately like that's what kept this game competitive was not just the roster construction, but also like the start sit decisions that went into it. So nice job, Trevor, keeping that game competitive and congrats to Darius for being three and O on the year. Hate your guts. Okay. Um, moving on to the next matchup, which was uh, team Goni one versus Aaron Rodgers on shrooms. We, this is where we split. And uh, I actually had Goni one taking the matchup. And you had Aaron Rodgers on shrooms taking it. And not only did Aaron Rodgers on shrooms take the matchup, shout out to Andy, but he took the matchup by almost 50 points. So it was 137.66 to 92.8. Team Goni one was uh, the classic uh, underperforming (laughs) uh, roster of the week. Um, Just a bunch of studs that decided that uh, they'd rather, um, you know, sit on the couch than perform in fantasy football. So I think there's better days ahead for uh, Team Joni One. Aaron Rodgers on Shrooms claims his first victory of the year, and uh, yeah, I think he, Aaron Rodgers on Shrooms had uh, Devonte Smith, who was my um, one of my bops of the week, helping guide him to victory. So nicely done with the correct pick there in Andy's team. That's what I do, man. That's what I do. Then we had every day I'm rustling, which is now uh, Saquon D's nuts versus table humping trash um it was exactly what we predicted which is um a slaughterhouse uh angie's table humping trash um again showed up to the uh table with an empty waste basket um so they put up very well done 83.44 points against 125.26 it was a down week for uh saquon d's nuts and they still won uh rather handedly again, almost a 50 point difference. Um, and then the very, very last matchup of the week was myself one Tyree kill versus team seed and power team seed and power took the victory by 20. Uh, yeah, roughly 21 points here. And, uh, it was a 132.32 to 109.62. So I was projected to win that game. Um, and at the end of the day, it came down to just lackluster performances. Um, I had uh, Michael Thomas, Devonte Adams, Gerald Everett, Tyreek Hill, and Kareem Hunt, Aaron Jones, all underperformed for me. Um, my Bengals defense did great. Um, I started off the week really, really great start with, uh, Amari Cooper 
I was super excited for it. Even Derek Carr put up average numbers, but um, you combine the underperforming with the fact that I went up against Lamar Jackson on the other side and uh, yeah, didn't, didn't stand a chance. So on to next week. Um, before we go into next week, did you want to touch on what our totals are again for our predictions, just in case the viewers in here at the first time? Uh, well, uh, you may be uh, winning 10 to eight right now, and I am still sitting with a nine and nine record on the year. Thanks for making me repeat that. I appreciate it. Copy. All right. Just want right. to make sure. You never know audio issues. Right. Take us into this week so we can make some predictions. All right, man. For this week, start off first. Yours truly, Chris Rock's jaw against the uh, roster that defeated Matthew uh, rather easily last week. Um, team is Satan Power. Um, yeah, man, scraped by last week with the win. Um, bold prediction. I think uh, my one-game winning streak continues. Um, I actually think statistically speaking, uh, Satan Power should and probably will win this. But, um, you know, I think I'll overcome the odds. I think uh, – as I stated literally in episode three, and I'm probably just copying and pasting exactly what I've said about almost every player on my roster is underperformed this week and includes Harris, Eckler, Cook, Albert O, Higgins, Metcalf. Uh, I mean, specifically with Higgins, Higgins has looked good. He just keeps on getting absolutely destroyed by defensive backs, but should be good for this week. Uh, yeah, I think this week, and I have no statistics, I have no statistics whatsoever to back it up, but uh, yeah, I think I push 150 points this week. I get the dub. Satan Power does have an excellent squad. I'm interested in if Waddle plays. And uh, I think it comes down to what, what he gets out of the 49ers players against the Rams with uh, Debo and Kittle. So, uh, yeah, Chris Rock's draw. We're out here. Well, you're making it too easy on me to be able to split our predictions up here starting pretty early. So, um, you know, I, I think I've rooted for Satan Power almost every week except for last week, and uh, it's not going to stop now. Um, I think Satan Power is going to take this one. Um, I have concerns with your roster in this week specifically um, because T Higgins is supposedly battling a concussion. It's a Thursday night game. So I'm afraid that they're going to sit Higgins, um, which is going to severely weaken your starting lineup. Uh, might give you a chance to throw in, you know, acres this week or something like that. Um, but probably not actually um, Dalvin cook's been battling an injury. So that's a, a London game. So they're going to be playing at 930 on Sunday over overseas. And if Dalvin Cook ends up not playing, um, you know, again, another injury to your starting lineup. So I have some concerns. You're starting Evan Ingram and Jared Goff. I just don't feel great about it. I look at his roster and I'm like, he's got Lamar Jackson, who I just talked about is outpacing his MVP performance season. I'm so sorry, but they're projecting him for 23 points, more like 43 points he's probably going to put up. Um, Jonathan Taylor is bound to have a breakout game. So I think at the end of the day, you're right. I think the Rams will hold down uh, San Francisco and uh, those players will probably not perform super well, but AJ Brown is down, you know, about to have a breakout game here. I think that um, your saving grace is that DJ Moore sucks this year and he's uh, in the starting line. Well, let's, let's, let's make sure we phrase that right. Baker Mayfield has absolutely no, capacity to support a wr1 whatsoever yeah and their schedule is not helping either but um yeah he's seen six targets in every game um his first two games he put up almost the exact same stat line i'm actually now looking back at it. he put up he had six targets three receptions for 43 yards um the only difference is the second game he caught a touchdown 
with the same exact stat line. And then this last game, he got again, six targets, but he only caught one of them for two yards, um, which in case you didn't know is not good. Um, so DJ Moore, I'm just not ecstatic. It's not because of his talent, but his situation, he just, it's not, not good this year. Um, I look at the bench. He doesn't have a ton going on in the bench. So, you know, I think I got to go with seed and power just because I think Lamar and Taylor and Brown are going to carry this to victory. And I have injury concerns. Um, thanks. Thanks. Yep. Love you too. Um, but you know, I could be wrong. Right. And I guess that's where we, I got to make up ground somewhere. So. Um, yeah. Right. And you know, as, as it's proven in predictions, you're actually pretty good at being wrong. So um, yeah, we'll move on to, uh, we'll move on to the next uh, performance here. Uh, so next is uh, clown grades and uh, I'm sorry, clown grades and trades versus the love boat incident. Um, I think this week, the love boat incident is going to get a little bit of revenge after a, Tough loss to yours truly. Um, he's currently projected 113.4 to Trevor's 105.79. Um, I think now that Sullivan learned to uh, put Stevenson and Robinson in the starting lineup uh, with uh, <laughs> who he had in there last week, I think um, Hall seems to keep on getting more and more touches. Um, and then he's got, you know, if they play, or specifically St. Brown and Chase, if they play, that's, you know, two really, really good receivers. And, uh, yeah, I think it's a nice victory this week. I do think it ends up being really close. Um, I do really like the receivers. Like I talked about earlier, that Trevor's uh, thrown out right now. But, yeah, I got a love boat incident this week. Yeah, I think this will end up being one of the closest matchups. I think it's going to be similar to um, Darius and Trevor's matchup last week where it's going to come down to the last game. And and I'm trying to see if any of these guys have people playing on Monday, Monday night game. Um, looks like. So Sunday night is the only player here. It's Patrick Mahomes for, for Sullivan's team here. So Patrick Mahomes Sunday night, I can see that being, it's a game against Tampa Bay, probably going to be a shootout. And I could definitely see it coming down to the wire where Trevor's got the lead. It's going to need Patrick Mahomes to put up 25 points, take home the victory. And I think it's going to come right down to that Sunday night game. So definitely be tuning in for that. But, um, I'm actually going to go with Trevor on this one. I think that the underdogs are going to take it. I think Tampa Bay's defense is going to hold down the homes uh, just like they always do. And uh, yeah, I think this is going to be a, a dub in the, in the books for uh, Trevor. Do you, so you do actually think Trevor's going to win this week? Are you trying to catch up to Papa? Uh, listen, I, I'm a, I'm a Trevor believer. I don't want anybody to ever think that I just, you know, and am a completely biased reporting. Um, I'm going to go with uh, where I think the money is at. The Vegas line says uh, it's going to be Trevor over under five points. Respect it. Respect. Let me know if you want to put a bet. I, um, you know, I'm currently out here in Vegas. I got you. All right. Cool. All right. Uh, next prediction. We got Tommy Lee raging dongers versus uh, team uh, Jenny one. Uh, yeah, dude, Tommy Lee's projected 125, 19 uh, team. Joni's projected projected 115, 52, uh, I really think it comes down to, though, some of the roster decisions Tommy Lee has to make. He currently has Zeke, uh, Brandon Ayuk, uh, Cooks uh, all on the bench, and I wonder if he ends up starting those guys, um, I don't know, maybe over someone like Damian Pierce, although Damian Pierce has improved uh, week by week. Um, and my bold prediction of the week is Kamara finally gets going and gives Tommy the dub this week with a big performance. I do think it's interesting to see what Joni 1 gets out of the Williams this week. He's got Javante and Mike Williams. 
And if they give him, you know, good, you know, really good or lackluster performances, that's kind of where, um, see what happens. So, but yeah, I got, uh, got Tommy Lee and his huge donger win this week. So. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that one. Uh, I actually have Tommy Lee's, uh, Tommy Lee's Raging Dongers taking this victory as well. Um, just looking at Team Joni One's team last week, I was super excited for it. I love Jalen Hurts this year, but Joe Mixon's battling injury. He plays on Thursday night. David Montgomery, who knows if he's going to be playing. Terry McLaurin's been a disappointment this year. Will, Will Disley is very touchdown dependent. He's playing in a great matchup. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think you laid it out really well. Um, Tommy Lee's Raging Dongers just has a really solid team. Um, he's even got great bench. I don't know. I got him taking it. Agreed. Um, next one, we got Big Cheese Fire versus uh, Saquon D's Nuts. Um, I just think King Cobb's roster, which is Saquon D's Nuts, is just, it's just too much. I think he goes three and one in the year. Um, he's projected 134-43 um, to Big Cheese Fires 119. Uh, I just love what Saquon these nuts roster. I just want to keep on saying it. I don't know if I repeated myself enough yet, but uh, I love what Saquon these nuts roster has going on this year. Got top talent across the board with four great running backs and the absolute beast that Cooper Cup is. Um, I will say that uh, Terrell grabbing um, Jamal Williams late in the draft might be one of the biggest steals of the year with how good he's looked and. Um, it sounds like Swift's going to be out until at least the um, their bye week, which I think is uh, – which would be three weeks out. Um, and I expect for him to go off this Sunday with Swift out. But, yeah, I got Big Cheese Fire. I'm sorry, Saquon um, with the dub. So I'm actually going to, you know, show some loyalty to those that come on the podcast. And I think I got to go with Big Cheese Fire for the dub on this one. Um, and, and this is what I'm looking at right now. I'm looking at Derrick Henry. And uh, there's a this fantastic saying that I heard on the uh, fantasy footballers this week, but they were talking about when the snow falls in Vermont, the Yeti appears and is absolutely unstoppable. And uh, the first snowfall of the year in Vermont did happen last weekend. And sure enough, Derek Henry went off, uh, AKA the Yeti. So I'm, 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 I'm a believer right now. Derek Henry is going to absolutely demolish Indy's line. They haven't been great. Um, I think that Jamal Williams is going to get ton of work here against Seattle's weak defense. Justin Jefferson's going to break out against New Orleans. Um, just absolutely have a comeback game because, you know, he wants to look good. He's also got two tight ends that are going to see a bunch of targets in his starting lineup, Darren Waller and Tyler Higby. And so I say, okay, that's a pretty good place to start. And then I look at what, you know, King Cobb has got going and it's just, he's got such a good team, but he's starting Russell Wilson. I don't trust Russell Wilson at all. Russell Wilson has looked horrible. Um, and, one of the benefactors of that is his wide receiver to Cortland Sutton. So do I trust that performance? Absolutely not. Atlanta has been pretty decent against the run. And, you know, say that Nick Chubb is going to have one of those sort of, you know, hit or miss type type styles. Um, I think it's going to be more of a Kareem Hunt game myself and I have Kareem Hunt. So obviously going to root for that. And James Conner has just, uh, been a part of an offense that hasn't been able to move the ball forward. Um, and it's so not for lack of James Conner, but the actual offensive line themselves have not looked good enough to support James Conner and any sort of rushing capability this year. So I love the potential of that roster. I think they do turn it around. I just don't know if it's this week for King Cobb and uh, Saquon D's nuts. So I think I got uh, big cheese fire taking it. Again, I like it. I like the differentiation this week. Um, next we got 
our host won Tyreek Hill versus Aaron Rodgers on shrimps. Um, Matthew's currently projected with 124 decimal six. Aaron Rodgers on shroom 121 decimal zero four. I, uh, once again, the friend that I am, you know, I just, you know, about 10 minutes ago, I stated that I hated Matthew, but, you know, that was in silence. And, you know, sometimes we, we move, you know, move on and forgive. So I'm going to forgive Matthew. And uh, I think Matthew wins this one after having a disappointing week last week. I like the high talent is roster a little bit, a little bit more. Um, I think Matthew this week's going to decide to use his brain and start Kyle Pipps. Um, um, after leaving him on the bench last week, even though I was like, why would you do that? I know he looks like crap, but it's Kyle, it's Kyle Pitts. I repeat, it's Kyle Pitts. Um, I love the depth of his wide receivers, man. Uh, Tyreek Cooper, Thomas, and Adams. So I think you got this one, man. My only advice would be uh, to start Kyle Pitts and not leave him on your bench. But, uh, hey, if you uh, want to lose again, all the, all the power to you, pal. All the power to you. Well, uh, I took your advice. I appreciate it. I just swapped them out right now. So by the time this this podcast goes up, my, uh, my projections have gone up to 126. So, uh, where it will be good. I think it'll be good. No, I, uh, I actually, unfortunately, uh, because this has been a trend for myself for this, for this year, um, I expect my team fully to underperform, um, when they should be performing. Um, so I actually think that, um, I'm probably going to lose to Andy's team. Who's been just absolutely on fire. Um, Thielen's going to have a bounce back game. Of course, Devonte Smith is going to continue to tear. He's starting Chris Olave. Looks fantastic. Cordell Patterson, like literally we thought Cordell Patterson was going to be good because he was going to see receiving work. He only saw one target this week and he still put up 22 points because he rushed for 17 times and 141 yards on the ground with a touchdown. And uh, that's just definitely not the projection I was expecting, but he looks great. And uh, Christian McCaffrey, of course, I think that uh, this is finally the week that he gets back to his post-injury, pre-injury, pre-injury self. And, uh, you know, obviously that means I'm going to take a dub. I mean, uh, take an L, so. I'm going with Aaron Rodgers on shrooms. Happy to split with you because this is where some ground is going to be lost this week. I'm telling you what. Yeah. Also, dude, it's wild. What has happened to Cordell Patterson in the last um, year and a half or so? Like the dude was a, um, one of the best, most electric, you know, kick and punt returners in the game. And even with the Patriots, he saw a little bit of time as receiver, a little bit of time as running back. The dude is just, I don't know what they did in Atlanta to open him up. They gave him like whatever superpowers Kyle Pitts had and injected into Patterson, but it's wild, man. I'm, I'm happy for him. It's just been going into this year. I was like, Oh, it's a, it was a one year fluke, you know, one year wonder and dude's putting up better, you know, the same if not even better. So. No, he's been insane. And honestly, like, it's probably because he wasn't used as a running back for so long. His legs are still fresh. He hasn't seen the wear and tear of a traditional running back. So, you know, you don't expect someone at his age, you know, to be able to put up the numbers he's been putting up at 31 years old, but this is only like his second season as a full-time running back. So if you think about it, you know, second year running backs, those are typically people you're buying in on. So it's an interesting strategy. Sure. Love it. All right, big dog. You want to go with your, uh... Oh, you do have one more, even though we don't really need to. Touch on it. Uh, so we got trash, trash bench assassins versus table humping trash. Um, Darius's team, um, trash bench assassins. My notes say Darius's team. Next question, Darius's team. <laughs> He's projected 142. Angie's projected for a measly 76. I'm not, um, not great at math, but um, is he projected for doubling her point total on the week? 
So if you do the Pythagorean theorem and you then divide it to the third power and times it by the second, you'd realize that it's the best roster in the league going against the uh, worst roster in the league this, this year, this year, though, this year. Let's make sure we're throwing that out there. And, uh, oh, yeah, by the way, Darius just added Keenan Allen um, to his lineup, and it looks like he's going to go off this week. So, uh, yeah, give me uh, Darius with the trash bench assassins. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to go with you there. We're gonna have to be, uh, we're gonna have to be a line on this one. So, um, I do think you know to give a shout out to uh, to Angie. Um, you know, I think that Pollard and Dylan and Herbert are a decent core to build around, and Lazard has uh, did look pretty good in the in the game last week. Um, also, Maddie Hollins, she started him. I was gonna hope, I was hoping he would be sitting on her bench, putting up 30 points, but she ended up starting him because that's the status of her team. Um, but like. You know, she's starting Maddie Hollins on the on there, and he's been targeted a crap ton over the last couple of days. Only projected for four points. Why is it not letting me pull up his name? Yeah, he's got more receiving yards than uh, Adam so far this year. Yeah, he put up 158 yards last week and uh, and a touchdown. He had 10 targets and eight receptions. And the week before that, he had eight targets and five receptions. So it's easy to say, oh yeah, he only got targeted 10 times because Kyle, um, because uh, Hunter Renfro was out. But Hunter Renfro was in the week before and he was still targeted eight times, five receptions for 66 yards. So honestly, like if you're in your league at home, guys, and you're watching this, and Matt Collins is not rostered. Um, I'd get on that. It looks like the targets are going its way and you know, to follow the volume, that's going to be the surefire way to try to find some upside. So love what yeah. Angie's got started, even though I do think she's going to lose. Um, I do think that there is an opportunity there for some of those players to really have like good weeks. All right. Um, that brings us into last section here before we talk about power rankings, which is our MVP segment. So uh, I want to go ahead and, and talk about uh, my MVP of the week, and then I'll uh, turn it over to you. And then we'll talk about our bench MVPs. But uh, my, my overall MVP of the week is, uh, is Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews put up 32.9 points this week in our league, 13 targets, eight receptions, 89 yards, and two touchdowns. Andrews has been paying off on his early draft capital and helped lead our commissioner Darius to his third victory in a row. Andrews is currently the tight end one through three weeks with 15 more points to the next closest tight end. As far as in our league scoring goes, and uh, he's five points per game higher than Kelsey this week, or sorry, this year so far. And Kelsey is the tight end too. So he's averaging 25.3 points per game. Darius, just a great pick there early on in this tight end premium league. Uh, great job having your MVP leading you to victory this week. Who do you got for your MVP, Isaiah? Yeah, man. Christian Kirk, dude. Um, dude, he's the sixth receiver in uh, PPR format this year. If you would have told me that coming into the year, he'd be the sixth receiver in PPR coming out of week three, I would have asked, um, you know, what you're smoking and try to get you um, some help as soon as you can. But, uh, yeah, dude, he was a great start. Six receptions, 72 yards, a touchdown. I know it's not the craziest week doesn't jump off the map. I just love the consistency we've seen out of him, especially with, um, you know, in Arizona where I think the biggest problem or thing he struggled with was the constant consistency. Um, you know, he looked good for like three, two or three weeks and then fall off a couple and come back, have a big week. And, um, yeah, I just love what I've seen out of him. Um, you know, if Tommy Lee's Raging Dongers gets a, a bad game from Kirk this week, he's probably uh, one and two and not two and one. Um, so, yeah, I think Kirk – 
uh, deserves that. And I kind of wish I drafted him in more in other leagues this year. He was sitting available in every league and I didn't want to touch him. So yeah, big, big, big L right there. Um, my, my, uh, my MVP selection for the bench MVP. Um, and, and to clarify, this is somebody who absolutely went off sitting on a loser's bench. Um, I had to highlight my bench MVP is Greg Dortch. And uh, not only do I love saying Greg Dortch, but I also came up with a great nickname, the human Dortch. Um, so just Ooh. Add, Great, but he put up 17 points dude had 10 targets nine receptions 80 yards uh and uh, sat on the bench for trevor's team clown grades and trades it ultimately ended up being a super close matchup between clown grades and trades and uh you know trash bench assassins and had the human dorch been started um trevor could have ultimately taken the, the w in that um, he could have started him over Bateman or moved Knox out of the lineup, put Conklin in there for tight end, and then started the human Dorch in the flex spot. So I don't know if I would have made that choice myself, but as far as what could have been done to have achieved a victory, um, it could have happened. And the human Dorch, unfortunately, went off on the bench. So that is my bench MVP of the week. Yeah, Dorch looks good. I'm not sure if you listen to, um, you listen to any of Matthew Berry stuff at all. Uh, not, not very often, though. No. Okay, he was a he was a big Dorch guy coming in this year and just proved him right. But um, yeah, dude, this bench MVP for me hits very close to home. Uh, he is on the Love Boat Incidents roster, who happened to lose to me this week. And if he had started him this week, I would be zero and three. Um, you know, we've been discussing in recent weeks about how good he looks coming back from his torn Achilles. And dude, he put up you know twenty point six. Uh, fantasy points this week or hundred rushing yards, a touchdown. And uh, thankfully um, my Hail Marys I said this weekend worked because uh, yeah, love boat incident left him on the bench, but um, yeah, I want our matchup by 2.5 points this week. And you know, if he puts him in his flex or one of his, yeah, if he puts him in any one of his flex or any one of his running back spots, uh, I lose automatically and not to, you know, dig the knife of any further, but he also had Ramondre Stevenson on his bench. who scored just as many points. So, um, yeah, sorry about that love boat incident, but I'm really glad it happened to me. So, yeah, I think I probably would have started him over a couple of those guys that ended up getting the, uh, the spot start there. So, uh, yeah, he pulled out a, a sneaky victory, but, um, I love talking about the bench MVPs cause it's always the, you know, coulda, shoulda, woulda. And yeah, yeah. at the end of the day, doesn't matter if we don't end up pulling the trigger. So speaking of pulling the trigger, we got our updated power rankings for this week. We plugged in the win and loss records, the actual points that we ended up putting up. And uh, surprise, surprise, there was actually no movement from last week to this week. Uh, everyone stayed stagnant in the power rankings. Um, pretty much exactly what we um, you know, were expecting to happen um, is where we stayed. There weren't any significant changes one way or another. Um, to the power rankings. So looking forward to keeping up that up to date as the rest of the week goes. And um, I think that leaves us with our final question that we like to you know, ask is uh, what's your Pat's prediction for this week? Okay, guys, that's the end of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> did you know Brian Hoyer's name is Axel? <laughs> no. I just found that out today because we're going to get Axel this week, dude. <laughs> oh my God. It doesn't matter. We could, put, we could be playing uh, – South Alabama Community College 
and I don't like our chances this week. So I think until Mac comes back, we can probably just skip this part of the <laughs> the podcast because. So Brian Hoyer's projected 10 fantasy points in uh, the sleeper app in our league. Um, I want to know what you think is more likely that he'll get 10 fantasy points or negative 10 fantasy points. Cause I can't make up my I mind. Think, I think both are more likely than 10 passing yards. If that answers your question. Uh, I just, negative 10, give me the- if you are starting, um, the Packers defense this week, um, strong start. Highly recommend if you're in DFS, yeah. pay up for them because it's not going to be good. Um, they will be destroyed. So, yeah, well, that's all we got for today and for this week. Thank you guys for so much for tuning in. Just again, a reminder if you go ahead and uh, follow us on all the social medias, we got Twitter at that dynasty pod. We are on TikTok now at that dynasty pod. We're on YouTube. Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. Uh, we want to want to make sure that we're connecting with you guys. Um, if you have any starter sit questions throughout the week, send us a tweet, send us a message. We'll try to get to those um, as quickly as we possibly can to give you the most time to prepare for your matchups. And um, if you have any questions about Dynasty in general, feel free to hit us up. And uh, yeah, we'd love talking to you guys. Thank you so much for all of the uh, support and for listening this, this far through. Appreciate you.